0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whichever time is most appropriate for you tuning in. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. I am your host, so delighted to be with you. I hope everything is going right for you today because this is the day that the Lord hath made and we will rejoice Or sometimes I like to say, we will choose to rejoice and be glad in it because I have a question for you before I go into my definition and acronym. Suppose you weren't here. Purposely pause for a moment, just for that thought to hit you. You could be in your grave right now or on your way to the grave But yet you're here and someone said any day above the dirt is a good day. It may not be filled with all good things and life was never meant to be that way. Well, actually, when God created everything and he created paradise and the garden for Adam and Eve, it was supposed to be that way. Had they not partaken of the tree of good and knowledge, things would have been different. But in this life and on this side, we know that things are not going to be perfect. He never said it would be easy. I often remind people, or I mention it in sermons and teachings, Jesus didn't have it easy. Look at the life that he lived. And we're talking about the king of glory who left his heavenly home to come to this earth, walk this earth to die for us. He didn't have an easy route. And in fact, he told us, take up your cross. First of all, deny yourself. And that's what where a lot of people get in trouble because they don't want to deny themselves anything. Um, that's a whole nother topic. Sometimes I talk and I get all kind of ideas <laughs> as I'm like, oh that's a good episode. Oh, that's okay. But um anyway, take up your cross and follow me. Where did the cross lead? The cross didn't lead Jesus to Disneyland. He didn't go on an adventure, he didn't go on an amusement park, he didn't go on hiking on a trail, go up to the beautiful mountains. No, that cross that he carried it led him to death. I did a a Impromptu, um, my my husband titled it The Seven Wars or The Seven Wars of Stephanie. And he got the idea for the music after I took him to see War Room. When I was away from home, a girlfriend of mine took me to see it. And I said, oh, we're, we're gonna go see this new movie that just came out. So he came home and he created some music and he called it, you know, a uh, war room music. And he was like, I want you to just preach, you know, preach to these. And so I did. And I have one called we're called to die. And I think the only place that I put that on was YouTube. And then we had some CDs. So some people have um, a lot of our music on CDs. We haven't really put them out on CDs for many years, especially once all these other platforms became available. But, You have to know and you have to be clear about what this life is about. A lot of people have um, given Christianity a bad rap. That's another topic. We're not even going to get into the celebrity preachers and uh, musical artists uh, who who claim to represent the kingdom. But then when you see the headlines, they're living messy lives and it's being all broadcast. We're not talking about that. And we're not talking about, as the other episodes I did on speaking guys were, we're not talking about name it and claim it and all of that. Know that and understand that there is a price to pay, even though the Bible says that he offers us the free gift of salvation. Yeah, it's free to receive it, but it costs you your life because it costs Jesus his life. And there's a scripture, there's a parable about um, a man building a house, but then never being able to finish. And the Bible says you sit down and you count the cost. You better know what you're getting yourself into because this, this devil is real. He's real whether people believe it or not, you're going to find out one day that this stuff was true. These are not just fables and fairy tales. So I'm here to enlighten you today. Even though I want to get back in, I'm going to segue into talking about joy. And this probably will be the last episode on joy right now, but maybe, maybe not because it's just, it's just so much, but Um, The thing is, in this life, we are going to have sorrow. We're going to have tribulation. Even Jesus said that. He said, um, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but do not fear. Do not be afraid. I've already overcome the world. How did he do that? He did that through his death on the cross. He died so that we might have life and life more abundantly. And so many people have taught us, yes, I've heard the messages, I set up under it. So many people have told us that once you come into Christ, once you get into Christianity, all your problems are over. God is going to fight for you. It's God's desire to bless you. You're gonna have the desires of your heart. It doesn't always work like that. Yeah, you're going to have some good days. You're going to have some good times. Some really great things happen, but you are not going to walk through this life and not have anything to deal with. You have to have a testimony to overcome your testimony, as it says in Revelation, and they overcome by the word of their testimony and love not their lives to death. You need to understand that many people died and gave up their lives, including Jesus. He gave up his life for us. He said, no man takes it. I lay it down, but he laid down. He willingly through much sorrow, go back and read the accounts of him in the garden of Gethsemane when he was praying. And the Bible says he prayed in anguish and he, uh, he prayed until he dropped little sweat, little, uh, sweat beads and and it came out tinged with blood that's anguish that's sorrow he didn't want to do it he he had some feelings and emotions behind it but he said father nevertheless not my will but thy will be done you can read that in the bible it's there i read a book many 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 years ago this was like when i first relocated so it was like back in 2002 i believe a co-worker he was a nice christian african man really nice guy named richard and one day he came and he laid on my desk a book called the case for christ by lee strobel and after that i've gone on to purchase that book several times i've ordered it in my home gift shop i've given it out um my husband liked it so much that he went and bought the whole series on you know faith case for christ and something else and um It's just a really, really good book, but for a long time, because it was a really thick paperback with a lot of small writing and I didn't get into the book right away. I let it sit for a while, but boy, when I read that thing, it just really opened my eyes. It made me shed some tears. I just, um, you get to see the part that really impacted me was the medical account of what Jesus suffered on that cross. So him sweating blood It was a condition known as hematidrosis and, you know, his heart was pumping and and all of these psychological things are going through his mind and his body. And I mean, it just goes on to explain everything that he went through on that cross in today's medical terms, you know, cardiac arrest, and he would have been in critical condition and all of these things. He suffered this for us. We're not going to have an easy time. You know, you 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 go through it. I and in fact I have a song called You Gotta Go Through It in Order to Get To It. And I wrote that back when I was in Pennsylvania, going through a lot of heavy stuff not long before I relocated. So I, I know what I'm talking about, y'all. I'm not just talking about. Stuff that I read in a book, even though I've read countless books, and I'm grateful for the in- information, and I'm grateful for how people share, you know, their experiences, and, and I've learned a lot. But nothing teaches you better than experience. And when you learn from those mistakes, because a lot of times we don't always necessarily learn right away, even if it was a negative experience. I don't know. Sometimes we're just hard headed. But when you get that lesson and you see the error of your ways, now you can do differently and you can teach and help someone else. Now, they say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I can't make you drink any of this. I can't change anyone. It doesn't Work. all I can do is what I do. I pray before I, you know, come on. I'm praying for the people who will listen. I'm praying for the podcast. God knows what needs to be said. Um, That's pretty much all I can do. And I can give you the information. I can tell you about the scriptures. I can give you different stories and illustrations to help you see what I've come through and how it worked out and, you know, how I'm just trusting and standing on the Lord because, hey, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen from minute to minute. We used to say, you know, well, you know, you better go head on and do this now and you better do this. Well, you better, you know, get yourself together because tomorrow's not promised. Well, guess what? The next seconds are not promised. We're seeing life as the Bible says in Psalms and even in Proverbs, life is as a vapor. It's here today. They used to say here today, going tomorrow. It's, you could be here today and going within minutes. It's, it's not promise, And it's not anything to play around with. It's not anything to joke with because time is passing. My grandmother used to tell me, time waits for no man, baby. It marches on. She's been going since 1998. It's 2020. I'm still alive. So every day I get up. Thank you, God. I was up early this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I'm grateful. Thank you, Father, for this new day. You allowed me to see another day. You allowed me to open my eyes. So you still have a plan and a purpose for me. So help me to come in alignment. And it doesn't have to be anything deeper than that. I don't always get up and pray for hours at a time. Boy, I used to. I used to spend time in my prayer closet wee hours in the morning or late at night to sometimes I fall asleep. I don't always have that kind of time and I don't always feel like doing that. I used to literally get up and go in my closet. For a while, I slept in my closet. I turned that into a a prayer closet with a mattress and it was a good way to get away from my husband's horrible snoring. (laughs) That's another story, but... You know, I I know what it's like to to go through these changes and these challenges and for for your life to take different turns. And who we don't always know. But I'm so glad today that I have a hope and I have an assurance I have hope because. I believe what the Bible says. I believe in Jesus. I believe in his word. No, life is not perfect. And no, I don't sit back. I'm not a one among um, those that blame God for the terrible things happening. I know and understand he has nothing to do with that. And even if he allows something to happen, it is for a greater purpose. Some of the scriptures that I was going to get into when I talked about grief was Job. And we know that Job had a lot of trials. His trials lasted a long time. You can go back and read that before the book of Psalms is Job's story. And um, I couldn't even get into it because I couldn't even stay on grief that long. You know, I just can't stay there anymore. I wanted to be an encouragement and share the grief that I was dealing with, with my brother's memorial birthday and stuff. But it's like, all right, on to the next topic. Let's, Let's get into some joy. And so... I want to just pause and um, listen to some scriptures on joy. And I'm going to look at some more so from the Old Testament. But before I do, I have another one of Rashaan's songs in the CD player that I want to play. Just boost your mood, uplift your spirits. This is one that Christian really likes. And so I'm going to play that for Christian because... Usually when I'm podcasting, he's doing his lessons or he's building or something and he does get to hear it. And then sometimes we'll listen to them when we go out in the car. You know, my husband plays them out. So we enjoy this music. <laughs> we really do enjoy Rashan's music. So I, I would like to share it since he gave me permission. So be right back in a few minutes after I play Sunflower. All right, that was actually, I looked at the paper. He entitled it Sunflowers, not Sunflower, I think I said. And again, you can find Rashan's music on SoundCloud under SMNS if you're interested. Let's get into a few scriptures on joy. I'm gonna start back with my man, David. In First Samuel 18, verse six, and it came to pass as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of all cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets, with joy and with instruments, of music. So it was a big celebration when that giant was dead. Now, the only thing, unfortunately, I don't have that verse right in front of me. The women, when they were singing, they said in front of Saul, Saul have slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And that started Saul who once was really fond of David, wanted him to, to stay in his kingdom The Bible says he became envious and he eyed David from that day forward. And he even tried to kill David a few times because of that jealousy. So anyway, don't want to focus on that. Uh, One Kings 1 and 40 says, and all the people came up after him and the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth rent with the sound of them. First Chronicles 15 and 16. And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers with instruments of music, psalteries and harps and cymbals sounding by lifting up the voice with joy and sometimes that's what we need to do just lift your voice up with joy some type of praise some type of song just make sure it has a really positive um message one of the songs that i used to like now this is the earlier days because i grew up on a lot of their music i grew up on a lot of what we deem worldly music and a lot of it is demonized today and much of it rightly so um I don't have time to get into that. I've watched some um, some messages and some documentaries on music and how Satan has influenced the music and the sound and some of the messages in it. And so I do understand and I believe that. But when I was growing up, my father played a lot of earth, wind, and fire. Boy, that was one of his groups besides the temptations. My father played a little bit of every genre. I grew up listening to it all, but earth, wind and fire all the time. Every outing, every party, anytime he felt like pulling his uh records out of the crate, oh, you, you're going to hear some September and <laughs> all kinds of songs. But one of the songs that came to me was sing a song, you know, sing a song that'll make you dance. It was an upbeat song, and I just remember dancing and singing to that song a lot. You need to get something. Don't listen to anything that's going to keep you depressed. You know, I remember <laughs> this is a little funny, too, bit, and I'm going to get back to the scripture. Um, right before my mom passed, I did a talent show. My cousins talked me into it. I don't want to talk about that because I'll get angry all over again. I let them talk me into doing this talent show. I sold tickets for it. They were supposed to enter. We were all supposed to come together and sing. I had already done my part, sold my tickets, entered in and they backed out, which left me to show up and do it myself. And I was a little nervous, but I sang His Eyes on a Sparrow. And then um, when my mother was lying on her deathbed, you know, they were saying, well, you know, she could hear The doctors were saying, somebody say something, tell her something, tell her story, sing a song, because she'll hear it in her consciousness. And so they said, sing a song, Steph, sing something. And so I sang his eyes on a sparrow again. And then when my grandmother found out that I did the talent show, she said, you didn't tell me you was doing that. And I said, I mentioned it, grandma. And she said, um, she said, "Well, sing a little bit for me. What you you know what you saying So I sang, "His eyes on a sparrow." Now my mother died in ninety seven, and my grandmother died in ninety eight. And I was telling my pastor about the song, and when I shared that with him, he was like, "Well, I tell you one thing. I I don't ever want you to do." And I said, "What?" He said, "Sing that song for me." And I laughed so hard. That's just a little funny memory to me. <laughs> but anyway, um. First Chronicles 15 and 25. It's good to have good memories that you can think back on and laugh. So David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. I talked about that story on a previous podcast, why David sent it away and why he went and got it when he found out that the house of Obed-Edom was being blessed. First Chronicles 29 and nine says, then the people rejoiced for that. They offered willingly. I could say something right there, but I'll leave it alone. I was going to ask how many times are we offering things to God or others willingly? Are we doing it grudgingly or we're doing it out of obligation? And I'll be honest. I'll be transparent. Um, there's a situation in my life where I realized years ago that I was doing a lot for this person, but I wasn't always now, not all the time. Cause sometimes I did, but a lot of times I was just doing things out of obligation and I, I really wasn't getting any joy out of doing these things. It was like, you know what? I'm only doing this because, and then it just hit me one day, you know, that is not really a good attitude to have. It doesn't feel good. And so I went to the person and I had an honest talk about how I felt and why, why I felt the way that I did. It was a heaviness. And, you know, I explained it and it was received and it was like, OK, I didn't know it was like that. I didn't realize that I do these things or didn't really show gratitude or appreciation. I didn't feel like didn't know I was making you feel that way, so I will work on it and I will do better. And and they did try, you know, did put forth some effort. So um these are some really important questions to even ask yourself when you're reading the word or anything that you're taking in. Think about it. Take some time. Don't just rush through everything. Take some time to Think about it. Ask yourself some questions and examine yourself as the Bible says. See where you are. So are you rejoicing and are you offering willingly? Because with perfect heart, they offered willingly to the Lord. And David, the king, also rejoiced with great joy. First Chronicles 29 and 17 says, I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. Ezra 3 and 12 says, but many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house. When the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy. Ezra 3 and 13 says, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. Have you ever wailed like that? Has anything in your life ever made you wail? Sometimes we cry tears of joy and sometimes it can be hard to discern. Like I said, you couldn't tell because both sounds were coming forth, but I remember my first licensing where I cried and it caused the other ministers who were being licensed along with me to kind of cry. And it wasn't like a boo hoo, but I was overwhelmed that day. And it wasn't necessarily a sadness, but I was standing there as I was listening to the pastor speaking and presenting us with our Bibles and things and, you know, talking about our ministry. And I was thinking, my God, How much time did I waste getting to this point? How many years did I run? Because that prophecy, I might even play that one day um, in another episode on a different topic, but that prophecy was spoken, recorded, preserved many years. I was 12 when my pastor first spoke over my life that the Lord said that I was evangelized. My My father mailed the tape to me about I don't know. I'm losing track of time when it comes to some of these memories, but I posted it on YouTube, so the date is on there. I want to say about six, seven years ago, something like that. And I heard the prophecy, and I said, "Wow, he was talking to me." And my husband didn't believe me, but a few minutes later, he told me to raise my hand, and he spoke over me. He said, now, "I don't like telling people who they are." He said, "But when that young girl," she, he said, "then you know." He paused, and he said, "When I prayed for her." Uh, he said, the Lord told me she's like Mary the Virgin. She has favor. She has the favor of God on her life. So I had these things spoken over me at an early age. Many other people came on my path and spoke to me, but I had it in my mind at, oh, I don't want to preach for many reasons. I'm not preaching. I'm not getting in the pulpit. I didn't want the responsibility. So I wandered in the wilderness for more than 20 plus years. And my first licensing was in 2003 when I was like, Thirty three, something like that. I, I haven't taken time to think about all this lately, so I don't really want to go too deep with that. But I was rejoicing, but it was a feeling of sadness, like God, I wasted so much time just to end up doing it your way anyway. And the pastor was like, "Okay, what is going on here?" and and she was like telling the people, like, "Okay, they're okay. Uh, you know, we're not at a funeral or nothing. They're okay. They're just glad." And you can experience both at the same time. But I'm glad to say that all of my good days have outweighed my bad days i've walked through some things and i hope you can say that and if not i hope that you begin to change your perspective and change your mind and start changing your thoughts and start if you need to change your environment change the circle change the people that you're around you you have the power to do it you have the power to do it that same pastor shared some insight with me years ago and i I'm running out of time. But she just kept telling me, sis, stop trying to reach out to everybody. Stop trying to reach out to your family members. Here you move. You're raising your kids. You have a new change in your life, you know, without your husband and you're reaching out to them. You're calling. You're spinning up uh, calling cars and talking long distance and sending money to people. She said, sis, stop it. Get out of Egypt stop reaching back and reach forward. And and I thought that was so wrong. And I continued to do it until God really began to deal with me and started to show me stuff. And I'm telling you, it took me years. So I'm not talking about something that you can just, you know, snap your fingers and it's going to happen, but you can start with a choice. And I hope you start today by making a choice to rejoice. I don't intend to rhyme all the time. Maybe it comes from writing poetry and songs, but I like the sound sound of that. You make a choice to rejoice. You make a choice that I'm coming up out of this. You can make a choice today that enough is enough, like I have in some areas in my life. Enough is enough. I'm not allowing it anymore. You cross that line. You draw that line in the sand, as they say, and don't come across it. I'm moving forward. Keep your head up. Stay encouraged. Be blessed. I was going to end with a prayer, but my prayer is for you to be abundantly blessed.